Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Welcome to the Mac Attack with Mac. Big, white, stiff. T-Bone. It's hard to do a show with a guy that's so volatile. Preppy. The bills make me want to shout. Now your host and cursor of many teams, Chris McLean. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. The Bone Man! T-Bone, great job on the interview, man. You were fantastic. Yankees uh, lose. That's right, baby. The Bone Man is back. We are back at full strength. Preppy with mixed reviews. And by mixed, I mean his parents liked the job he did yesterday and everybody else didn't. But no, we got a full show roster today, baby. We are looking forward to getting back after it. We've got a uh, second straight day. We've got to talk about a play-by-play announcer uh, and whether or not uh, he will Uh-oh. or should lose his job. Uh, unfortunately, we have John Fokey here locally, and that situation is pending. Well, yesterday, it's pretty damn big star in the broadcasting business uh, that's got himself in trouble and suspended. We'll talk about that coming up here today. Uh, I know you're going to be shocked by this, but we have all kind of college football news and scuttlebutt. We have UNC shutting the campus down, or shutting uh, uh, athletics down at least through today at 5 o'clock. Notre Dame's doing the same thing with their athletic programs. We've got Big Ten rumored uh, January starts of their spring season. So we got a lot going on, and we will get into it here on the Mac Attack on FNZ. we got Panthers talk this hour. Steve Smith saying some real interesting stuff about Matt Rule and DJ Moore. So you're going to want to hear that this hour, and you're going to want to hear the return of the bone man to these airways after missing the show yesterday. So make sure you lock in with us here and we will talk to Kenny, the jet Smith about these NBA playoffs. Yesterday, we saw the two seed go down in the Clippers Clippers Mavs now tied at one game apiece. The two one seeds go today, trying to even their series up. We got some intrigue and Oh, by the way, we got a draft lottery tonight. It is an annual holiday in Charlotte. It's a holiday that ends in disappointment usually, <laughs> but it is a holiday in Charlotte. One of the highlights of our season, the draft lottery tonight, and we will talk about that as well as Hornets fans. The whole crew here, Bone Man is back. Boney, good to have you back, good baby. Kenny the Jet Smith. <laughs> I, don't, we, I don't know why I went Kevin Harlan. Should we man. introduce him that way? Kenny no? the Jet Smith, the Jet is flying. 
I don't know. I could talk like Kevin Harlan all day. Good to be back, Mac. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, this very second, 69 degrees. See the free air purification available at charlottecomfortsystems.com. It's good to be back. Can I point out something really quick that fascinates me about the prep dog? Very fast. You mentioned all the feedback yesterday. I got uncomfortable for a while. Every tweet I saw was ripping preppy. I was on there defending preppy just all day long. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you, yeah, you, can, you please, back, can you please one more time play that Yankees lose sound effect? I want to hear that one more time. The Yankees lose. Fascinating, Mac. Do you know the pitching matchup last night in the Yankees Rays game? Both guys dealing 18 combined strikeouts. Do you know the pitching matchup of two of the elite pitchers in the American League last night? Yankees Rays last night. Garrett Cole against somebody. Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now, who's becoming former both pirates. Both Ah. former pirates. So you're mocking the Yankees losing. They got shut down by a basically an all-star guy that's going to be a stud for the Rays in Tyler Glass now against Garrett Cole. Both former pirates. That's got to hurt. That's got to sing. One of the Rays' best hitters, Austin Meadows, an all-star from the Pittsburgh Pirates. So you want to mock the Yankees losing? They got shut down by a guy you gave away for nothing. How about that? They're well, when good. my team's the worst in the league, nobody else is allowed to be happy either. But you so want a market team for losing, get the two pitchers. They're a good developmental work. program. They, they might be the best AAA team in the league. You Remind know, me of the Panthers or the NFL. <laughs> when the players actually leave Pittsburgh and go to the big leagues, you know, that's the way it seems to work just out. Just Mr. Orioles anyway. over there. Yeah, I don't want to talk baseball. Just Orioles had to get that off my, four straight. I had, really to get that talk off, about. had to get off my chest there a little bit. Braves was uh, postponed last night due to weather, the Braves and Nationals game. So uh, Braves fans did not get to stress out about starting pitching or anything about that last night. Um, as far as what did go on in the world of sports yesterday, and we'll start there, and then we'll get into the latest play-by-play broadcaster controversy, and we got plenty of football, obviously, on this show today, too, but uh, let's start, Bone, with what happened last night. The Canes run end, ended, Bone was wrong, or Bone was right, I was wrong, the Canes Lose this series to the Bruins. I was wrong. No, not me. In not five me. Games. I was. I wasn't wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. You were right. I believe I might have Matt cursed the Canes, uh, who lose this Come series on. in five games. They had a one nothing second second straight game where they had a lead, and they blew the lead. They had a one nothing lead, and they end up losing two to one. That second goal. I mean, Morozik seems like a damn good goalie bone, but that second one where he kind of got hoodwinked. Yeah. You know, and it went off his skate. Literally, that's the second time in the series they have given up a goal with about three seconds left in a period on a power play. All you got to do is kill the next three seconds, get in, take a break, and then come out and kill the next half of the power play. Yeah. And and they gave up a goal there. I mean, with, just gut punches right before intermission, too. I mean, just right before you're going in, you get that happen to you. And that, that seemed kind of weak sauce that he fell for the old, I'll shoot it into your skate and you ain't paying attention. Yeah. You know, so. So that's eight of, eight of nine over the last two years where the Bruins have one play playoff games against the the Hurricanes. And yesterday's game, I just felt like even when the Hurricanes got up early one nothing, the way it's gone the last two years, and especially here recently, was sort of just, hey, how are the Bruins going to win this game? I never got the sense yesterday. I just had that bad sense that the Bruins were going to win that. They're going to find a way. They just seem to find different ways and different. They just find ways to beat the Hurricanes in the postseason the last two years. They just do. It's eight out of nine now. Obviously, the Svechnikov injury didn't help. But then again, they didn't have Pasternak, their leading scorer, for four games. And they don't have Tuka Rask. Yep. Who's a stud goalie. So so the, the Svechnikov thing is kind of balanced out by that. And I think Trip Tracy said, again, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll see you next, you know, postseason, Canes fans, and I'll jump on the wagon. But it felt like Tracy analyzed it in, in, in a way I, that you can understand. Boston is 
an established team, went to the cup finals last year. They're at this level. And the Canes are working their way to get there. Yeah. They got a lot of young players, and they're working their way there. You know, And the whole question is, do they get to that championship level with this core that they have? I hope they do because it's fun watching them in the postseason. I mean, now I think I'm going to have to focus on my C's with Kemba Walker, who are up 2 nothing. They looked good last night. Even without Hayward Bone, the C's looked good last night. Even with MB killing them inside, it didn't matter. They did. One more just quick point on the Bruins there. They're the best team that I've seen. So I think the Bruins probably, in my opinion, the Stanley Cup favorites out of the teams I've seen, that would be the Bruins, the Rangers, and the Hurricanes. Oh, okay. I, think I, the just, Bruins, I thought you really were locking no, in. And I did see briefly that five overtime game. But I think the Bruins are the best team I've seen. As far as your Celtics go, we're watching Jason Tatum start to realize that. I mean, he's been doing it for all season. But Jason Tatum, Mac, and we're going to talk to Kenny the Jet Smith today about this. Jason Tatum making that leap. Making that leap from really good to great to MVP caliber player. You're now seeing a dude that's going to be in that MVP discussion, Mac, I think, for the next handful of years. Dude, he's, th- he's made he's made the leap from already good to just to, to just greatness before our very eyes. That trio of perimeter players is real Ooh. good. And, and Kemba is involved in it, obviously. He had 22 last night. Tatum had 33. But you're right. Like, Kemba has his star. And I Kemba's mean, going to be the second best player on a team, we talked about that for a long time. Where, wh- when you can win with Kemba, it's when another star will emerge that's greater than Kemba. Kemba's great, but when he has another dude, and then he's got Jalen Brown too. But when he's got the other dude there, that's the MVP caliber player. Well, yeah, this you're is see it now. You no, know, this. It, it, listen, I, there's there's two ways you can look at this. One is you can get depressed watching Kemba have his star that we have pleaded for and begged for um, for years here in Charlotte. Um, or you can just kind of feel good for Kemba that after being stuck with this organization that didn't do him any favors and he tried to carry him as carried him as far as he could that he is getting a chance to get that support and play like that and uh I mean, I have both those feelings, but I'd like to see him have success. I want to see him win and uh, I still think the Hayward injury next series against Toronto could really you know, affect him because yeah. that's going to be a hell of a series. I'm assuming that takes place with both those teams up 2-0. But last night they look good, and man, they're fun to watch too. They get out on a break, and Kemba and Tatum and Brown are running. I mean, that is a fun team to watch. Marcus Smart's a bulldog. Obviously, inside bone is where they're weak, you know. But and and this, but it doesn't it, it doesn't matter in this series because the Sixers. I don't even know if the Sixers care. Like, did they even know they were in a playoff game last night? They think they were in a preseason game. They were so lethargic and pathetic on defense last night. They really were. So Tobias Harris and Al Horford, Mac, are on contracts that equals out to 230, I think it's $238 million. That's how much they're paying those two guys, Tobias Harris and Al Horford. They've combined for 38 points in the first two games of the series. Without, Without Ben Simmons. Like the guys that need to step up, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, 38 total points on $238 million worth of money. You know what I'm thinking? You know, um, and, and listen, I, I fully own it that I that I am a guy that wants, you know, when our teams are rebuilt and I want to draft high. And we've talked about the Sixers process. Is the process fizzling out here? Because people are saying Ben Simmons is out. I'm not even sure Ben Simmons is really that, that great of a player. Like, I, I think he's good. Well, here's the problem. They traded, the Celtics traded down to get Jason Tatum. They traded down in the draft where the Sixers took Markel Fultz number one overall. Woo. So while they hit on Embiid here, they also missed on Fultz. 
Joel Okafor didn't work out. So the things they've hit on here, Simmons is sort of in the middle there for where he was picked. He's good, but he's not great. They've hit on some things. They've also, for the amount of number one picks, uh, Nerlens Noel. Yeah. Think about that. All the, the picks they've had, Noel and Okafor and Markel Fultz, they've also, in this process, missed on a lot of things as well. So you can get those high picks and still be incompetent. You know what I mean? Like, you could do the no process doubt. and get those high picks, still be incompetent. And and I guess that's kind of what the, you know, anti-tank crowd says is, hey, you still got to make the right picks, you know? And good organizations seem to make good picks at 20, and yeah. bad ones can't make good ones at one. I also did want to mention, we'll talk plenty of college football on the show today, Sage Surratt has opted out. All signs are that, as of now, his brother Chaz at UNC is in. But Chase uh, Sage Surratt, could be a top uh, or first-round pick wide receiver out of Wake has opted out. Mac mentioned the word incompetent. That's one way to describe what a prominent sports broadcaster did last night, dropping a slur on television. We tell you who, why, what next with Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize. That was uh, that was an unintentionally kind of funny moment there where Tom Brenneman is giving a heartfelt apology for using a slur earlier in the broadcast. And all of a sudden, he's got to call a home run in the middle of the heartfelt apology. His situation, not funny for him. Uh, it is Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Tom Brenneman is a longtime voice of the Reds. His dad, Marty Brenneman, is a legend, a Hall of Fame broadcaster uh, as a baseball play-by-play man. Tom Brenneman himself has been a big league announcer for 33 years. 27 years he has worked for Fox. Uh, he's called big football games for Fox. He's called big baseball games for Fox as well. So he did the Appalachian this, State Michigan game for the Big Ten Network, one of the greatest upsets of all time. This isn't just a local announcer, and I, I know a lot of people saw that he used a slur last night and was suspended, and he was literally taken off the air. He used a slur in the first game of the doubleheader, seventh inning, and by the time they got to about the middle of the second game, they had him replaced. And that was the last thing he said there. He called that home run. He apologized. And um, and and who knows, man? He was he just leveled with everybody. I don't know if I'm going to be wearing this, this headset again. For people that don't know what he said, we didn't want to play that, obviously. But he got caught with a mic that was on, and he didn't know they were back from break. It was before he thought they were back from break. And, you know, he used a gay slur. Three-letter word starts with F. And he used that word and uh, then all of a sudden he comes he thinks he's coming back on the air but the damage was done at that point he was already on the air when he was trying to make a comment off air bone so um uh, you know we're sitting here this is the second one we got to deal with here in two days yesterday when you were gone we talked all about john Fokey and his situation with what he is saying is a you know a a, a, a mistyped n-word on twitter and now we have tom brenneman Tom Brenneman, the difference between, there, there's, there's differences here. I saw a lot of people on Twitter trying to compare the two. There are differences. Um, one is, Tom Brenneman got caught saying a word that apparently he uses, but doesn't want, to, doesn't want the whole world to know he uses the word. 
I, I believe Folky made a mistake. I know not everybody does. With Tom Brenneman, I mean, you can apologize all you want, but I'm sorry, man. You, you, That's not me. I hate that one when someone says that's not who I am. It actually is who you are. You did that. And I have a feeling that you used that word. That wasn't the first time you used that word in your life. No, clearly. That's in his lexicon. To, to just use it that freely when when you're doing a broadcast of that word you're sitting there with headphones on and you're about to come back and that word just comes out that that's 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 a natural word for you that's a that's a that's in your lexicon and he used he tried to lean on his faith there during the apology he said he's a man of faith what well, does I, that have to do with that i idea? have faith that you're not coming back there tom right that's my faith in this whole situation <laughs> because I, I have not commented yet on the john Fokey situation i know john Fokey. i did a show with john Fokey a month and a half ago look i'm not with john Fokey all the time but i i do believe that john Fokey messed up i i think it was a it was a horrible thing i don't know why it corrected to that word i don't know why well, no no he's he, he doesn't say, a lot of people are saying autocorrect his story and he did an interview with scott fowler is is to me believable it, his story is you start typing out nuggets and you hit i instead of you and they're right next to each other and then you do gge and then you hit r instead of t they're right next to each other that that's all it takes is two yeah. wrong letters, and then he says I di- he didn't look at it. Yeah, that's the problem that, with Fogey not looking at it, and getting out there, and not and not reading the the tweet bef- before it got out there. There's a big difference. So I don't think that that's in John Fogey's heart. With Tom Brenneman to just use that word so freely when you may or may not be on the air, like when you're when you're about to come back. Sometimes you have to ask. We do. Hey, are we back yet? Yeah, we back? What to to just have that word so freely come out there? That to me says a lot about Tom Brenneman. And look, we. We have tried to get Tom Brennan on the show before. He's been difficult to me. Uh, a little inside here. I, I Not that I thought he was that way, but like I've tried to get him on before for either a Panther game or whatever. Like He's done a lot of Panther games. I've tried to get him on before, and he's been difficult. I don't know him personally, but he hasn't been the nicest guy to me. So, so this know. isn't breaking your heart. No. I, I'll, I'll just say this. like If Folky is let go, I understand it. I understand if, 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 if you know... He's got to go work closely with a lot of black players over there. Yeah. That's a real diverse organization. So I understand it. I would feel bad for him, though, because I, I believe it's a mistake. The Tom Brenneman thing, I don't feel bad for this dude at all. You've been in the business 33 years, and you don't know better? Not to mention, again, you let us in on what's inside your heart. And and full full disclosure here, because I, 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 you know, I don't try to act like I'm perfect on the air. I think you see the the warts that we have on the air. You know, in, in you know, I, I feel like we're honest about them. Like that that gay slur that starts with an F, three letter word that he used, and it got caught on the air that he thought he was using before they got back on the air. I I used it years ago, and I and 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 I think way too many people have used that. I, I think that word needs to be thought of the way other slurs are. I think people are too casual with that slur, and I think in 2020. Everybody has to chill the hell out with it. I, I kind of came to you learn that, man, that, that, why am I saying that? And um, But I don't understand a guy. This isn't some young punk kid. And here's another thing, too, Bone. What you were saying is he's saying this, and, and we're talking about Tom Brenneman. If you're just joining us, we're talking about Tom Brenneman, you know, longtime Major League Baseball voice, voice of the Reds, who used a gay slur last night on the air. He didn't think he was back from break yet. And literally later in the broadcast, second game of a doubleheader, he signs off and says, I don't know if I'm ever going to have this headset again. He's now been suspended by the Reds. Boney, you said something, too, that is very important here in terms of judging him and how we should feel about Brenneman. You said he said this as he's working on a broadcast. Like, his partner's there. 
the people back in the truck or the you know production yeah, room. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. This wasn't something he said while sitting in his living room with one friend. Yes. Like this is something he said while a bunch of co-workers can hear it, man. Come on. And then to say I'm a man of faith. What the heck does that have to do with this? You messed up. <laughs> you did it. Own it. I, you know, your faith has nothing to do with that. I just, I, I, it just, I don't know, man. Preby, that apology we, did nothing no. for me, man. Preby, can we hear the apology just one more time for people just tuning in? This is Tom Brennan's apology on using the homophobic slur during the Reds Royals game last night. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run, and so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm gonna be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize. There it was. He apologized in the second game of the doubleheader, and they took him off the air, and they have suspended him. It happened in the first game of the doubleheader where he used the slur. And as far as and, – and by the way, like this is I, – I, I'm you know trying to gauge, you know, what – what our peeps are saying and I know and what people have said about this on social media and stuff. And I know some people are saying oh, he made a mistake. He should get another chance. Um, it, it, like, you know, who made it? You know, who you know who made a mistake and should get another chance? Mark Grace. I don't know if you heard that. Did you see the whole Mark Grace fallout? No, Mark I, Grace I, I didn't on, see Mark, Mark Grace. Grace is on the air last weekend for the Cubs uh, network and calls his ex-wife a dingbat on the air. And people lose their minds. Oh my God! He called us, made him apologize. What? And he, yes, what? he got suspended five games. Five that games. now that is something like like I'm noticing people are saying, oh "Come on!" Like, like, I'm noticing something where people are saying the world is too PC now. He made a mistake and all that stuff. No, Mark Grace, the world is too PC. The guy's just you know who. How many people talk about their ex-wives or ex-husbands in that sort of way? I've and, said and, it before. And he called her a, he <laughs> called her a that, dingbat but... and got suspended for five games, and people were irate over it. This is something. John Fokey. And again, there are people out there that, that don't want to hear us say that we think Fokey just made a mistake and didn't do it on purpose. I'm telling you, I, I just find it hard to believe John Fokey would type out the N-word on purpose. Because if he would, he basically uh, he basically quit his job. Do we really see right? Do we think a guy like, is sitting do there on purpose with his job on the a line? A guy's just sitting there in August watching a basketball game who's got his dream job. The Hornets play-by-play rate is his dream job. Yeah. He's sitting there thinking, hey, how can I light my career on fire? Let me throw out a racial slur on Twitter and just watch everything burn. Do we think in his mind that's what he wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. And that's that, just ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying is that that one feels like a mistake. And it might be a mistake that Michael Jordan and folks over there feel like, hey, man, he can't. We just can't trust him. You know, like, right. and, and, and I understand it, but I would feel bad for him. Mark Grace, how the heck did that become a controversy? But this so one Mark Grace Brennan. got five more games than the Astro players. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is an interesting way of looking at it, Boney. But this one with Brenneman, like, I just don't feel bad for. I can't agree with the people. Like, it's just a word like the N-word. This, this gay slur, three-letter word starts with F that Tom Brenneman used on the Reds broadcast. It's just, we've just got to get it the heck out. And I don't know. Does he get another chance? I noticed yesterday, Bone Kyle Larson on the NASCAR side of things has uh, formally applied for reinstatement. I read an article. He did an interview with the AP about all the stuff he has been doing. And it is impressive. The stuff on his own, not mandated, that he has been doing to change his life and to learn. And Tony Stewart, I know, was outspoken yesterday and said, NASCAR, let this guy back. He made a mistake and, and gave up his time. So I don't know. Does Tom Brenneman, you know, eventually get a job back? I mean, he is. 
a hell of a figure in broadcasting, right? Yeah. But in terms of him, like, losing his job for Cincy and losing his job for Fox, like, I don't feel bad for him at all, no, man. I, I just can't. No, he, he he brought this on himself there by using that term when he, he knew better than that. And a guy brings up a good point, or a person, I should say, brings up a good point on the Building Center text line. During the apology, he starts out with, I'm a man of faith. Then he calls the home run. He manages to call the home run because this is such a deep, heartfelt apology. Oh, it's he, man of faith calls the home run and then continues the apology. I know. Is that not like a Saturday Night Live skit, by the way? He's in the middle of this heartfelt, my career is on the line moment, and he has to call a home run, and he calls it so, like, with so little energy. Yeah, it's a home run right there. Now it's four to nothing. But the home anyway, run back landed, to me trying to save my career. The home run landed in the judgment-free zone sign, the Planet Fitness tagline. There's a judgment-free zone sign where the ball lands. While he's calling, you can't make it That's up. 2020, it's 2020 y'all. in a nutshell. That is freaking 2020 right there, man. Seriously. Save my career apology and a home run happens in the middle oh, of the day. Speaking of 2020, is there a chance that Cam's not even the Patriots starting quarterback this season? We'll hear audio from Bill Belichick and discuss that next. It's Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. Could you ever envision a scenario in which it might benefit the team to use two quarterbacks in sort of a platoon style, or would that maybe bring up too many complications um, for your offense? Uh, just, you know, if you, if you have two guys that maybe have different skill sets, could that potentially benefit the team? Yeah, it might. I, look, I would, all, I would always say I'll do it. I think it's best for the team. It gives us the best chance to win, so well, whatever that is, I would, you know, I would certainly consider that. Let's run. All right. That was Bill Belichick and a reporter who I am not sure who the heck it was. Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone with you on the Mac Attack on FNZ. That goofy little question and answer became a national headline. Like that right there. First of all, I don't know who that Sparky is asking a question in the Boston media, but does he realize he is suggest he is explaining why a strategy <laughs> would could throw off the opponent to the greatest coach in the history of football? Like, did, like I'm just dying. Listen, perhaps play that. Can you play it again? Strong flex by Preps the young says man. I can't play it again. Look at the preps over there. So stressed. Play that again, Ready? preps. If you. It's on YouTube. I got to find it again. All right, try to find it. We'll play it again. That, like, he is literally. Now, what you don't is, could you ever think of you playing two different quarterbacks? It's a platoon, and then it's going to throw the defense (laughs) off. We got one guy that can run, the other guy can pass, and the defenses aren't going to know if a guy's going to pass or he's going to run. Have you thought about that? I know you're shining your six rings over there, but have you thought about this? Because I may have just taught you something about football. Like, what also, the heck was that? Next week, Coach, we're going to go over the annexation of Puerto Rico. And listen, I I listen, I listen, know I go on and on with my questions, too, and i got to interject my feelings. So I, this is a pot and kettle situation. I'm sure I've done that before to a coach, and you guys have probably thought to yourself, what yes. is this idiot trying to explain something? Well, but heck, you, I told Mitch It just sounded funny to me, man. I told James Borrego who to draft a month ago, so who am I to speak on this guy? But he seemed to want to hear that from you, though. I don't sense Belichick wanted this. All right, am I wrong, but listen to this. Does right, he, does he try to like teach Belichick football? Could you ever envision a scenario in which it might benefit the team to use two quarterbacks in sort of a platoon style, or would that maybe bring up too many complications um, for your offense? Uh, just 
you know, if you, if you have two guys that maybe have <laughs> right different here. skill sets, could that potentially benefit the team? See, he was good at first. When he yeah. just yeah, well, it might not. look. I would all. I would. And then Bill's answer. <laughs> and then Bill's answer isn't the answer that the headline makes you think he gave. Like, and I and like, for example, and I know I probably should pay less attention to what's going on with Cam in New England. I'm a Panther fan. I, you know, I, oh I, heavens, yes. But I'm still emotionally invested in him. So I really want him to start, and I want him to do well. So when I see that headline yesterday. That and, and they did make it a headline everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but but all over yeah. sports media nationally. Belichick says he could go with a platoon at quarterback. I'm like, Cam does not deserve some sort of platoon like their college football. Like, what Cam is the run specialist and they take him out on passing downs. Like that, it, Cam doesn't deserve that. He's better than that. Like it's but, the mid '90s for the Gators. I do exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Bone, when you listen to the question and his answer, all he did is just say, "Yeah, we're cons- we consider everything." Like he didn't, he didn't come out and say, "Hey, we may not have one starter. We may have, you know, we may platoon them, have two starters." You right. Know? The, the headline and the the in the in the stuff that came out about it, it made it seem like Belichick gave a more in depth answer than Belichick would normally give. That's why it was noteworthy. Like, wow, Belichick's giving some insight on how this thing might play out. Then you hear Belichick talk, and he's talking like, uh, I don't know, Bill Belichick. It wasn't like he gave like a, well, here's a here's a strategy we're gonna do. We're gonna do. No, he gave you the coach speak answer that he's given one million times. Do so you think that's, that's, that's a let that's a letdown? I thought we had some juicy stuff going on here. Because I know we got some good stuff from Smitty on the Panthers. I want people to hear, but like, do you think there is? Do you think there's a chance Cam doesn't start? Because that's another one Belichick's been doing. He's been playing it very coy about, hey, I don't know who the starter is. Do you think there's any chance? The, the theory is, I heard Mike Reese from ESPN talking about this. And again, I do pay a lot of attention to Cam's situation in New England. I am sorry. I do. But Mike Reese was saying the only reason he thinks Cam will be the starter. But he says the only reason he's a bit hesitant on that is where he doesn't say, hey, I guarantee it, is Cam is trying to catch up on a playbook that Jared Stidham knows. Yeah. Do you, but still, you've got that Haas at quarterback. He's finally healthy. Like, I feel like you got to use him when he's healthy. Like, do you think there's any, like, what percent chance do you think that Cam doesn't start the open? Apparently, Stidham hasn't really played that well anyway here during the first okay. part of the, the, from what I've read and gathered. So, Stidham has not looked great. Also, I think there's more of a chance if the team struggled back out of the gate. This is just a hypothetical. Say the Patriots started one and three and they were sputtered on offense. Well, maybe does he turn? Does he make a change somewhere in the season if things are going well and tries to see what he has in Stidham? Maybe I see that, but I don't see Cam not starting the season. Does he turn to Stidham if things went awry? Certainly, that's always a possibility for teams that aren't very good. But to start the season, I think Cam's his best option, and I think he knows that. Yeah, I, but I also I, think he wants Cam to continue working hard, too, to ensure that he's a starting quarterback as well. By the way, it's, he's not going to give that in just yet. He's going to make sure that these guys are working it's for It's so interesting, though, to watch the national media cover Cam when he's not our quarterback. He, he Bill Belichick called Cam a kid the other day. And that that had people angry. How dare you call a big old? I saw Emmanuel Acho, who I love. I think he's great. But I heard, I saw him on Foxbone. He said, "How are you going to talk about a man that is six five, two hundred sixty pounds, and call him a kid?" And like, I don't think Belichick meant any disrespect, but that became a thing. Like, it's just. But we're not like we're kind of watching it from afar. You know what I mean? We're yeah. not in the circus. But like I'm watching the circus from like down the street now, and it's just kind well, of interesting. He's, he's joining a dynasty. And he's replacing the the goat, so there's already pressure there. Then he's Cam, yeah. which is already a story in itself. So he's it's Cam replacing the goat uh, <laughs> during when they've had a dynasty there. So yeah, he's going to be the number one story, especially early on with all these 
the talking head shows like Bayless and uh and, and Shannon Sharp and all that. He's yeah. gonna be skip, skip, skip. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna be the he was that way anyway to a certain degree. Now more than ever. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, Mac and Bone with you. We're talking skip. about Cam and Belichick has not committed to him as the starter yet. Uh, but now we got to talk Panthers. My internal cam clock goes off and I realize <laughs> I have talked about cam and people are probably like, talk about a Panthers. I don't want you to talk about cam. So my internal cam clock <laughs> has gone off, Bone Man. So let's let's let you hear some interesting stuff about our squad and who's on our squad. How about Steve Smith yesterday on the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey talking about Matt Rule? Basically, Matt Rule has done what everybody else does. He's took this team to the dentist. He's gotten rid of the things that have slowed this team down, and I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about systematically saying, what do we see as a Carolina Panther? What qualities do we want? And he asked for the input of all his coaches, the pro side, the college side, to know what is a Carolina Panther standard, and went through the whole organization and asked everyone, and then they put it on paper and said, this is how we're going to draft. I like that. He's coming in there. And when I say cleaning it out, just meaning – Getting rid of the cubicles and having these desks all linked up together and doing it like a board meeting room and making sure that every investment they have is going to help the team. All right, so Smitty had Dennis Tripp and cubicles in there, um, uh, as only Smitty can do. But Smitty, yeah, just, Smitty, Smitty very into workplace situations yesterday. I like I, it. I just think this is what Matt Rule does, though, right? Like, I think he's a culture changer. Baylor was the most toxic culture you could imagine taking over this side of what Bill O'Brien took over Penn State. And, and he went in there, and I just think he's used to changing cultures. Now, I get it. This is an NFL culture compared to a college culture, and I think where that's where some of the reservations come in. But it's good to hear Steve talk about him that way, that somebody that was in the NFL bone looks at it in a similar fashion and kind of sees, yeah, this guy has a vision for things because that's what I think he has. I think he's a visionary for how it will look, Bone, when it when the rebuild is done. And hopefully he can see it out. Right. You're listening to Mac and Bone here on Sports Radio FNZ talking some Panthers right now reacting to what Steve Smith said about Matt Rule on the clubhouse. Yesterday, you and I heard from a source early in the offseason, sort of around the time Matt Rule got hired or he just got hired, that he wanted a situation where he wanted the youngest team in the league and he wanted a blank slate. For him to do what he does, he wanted a blank slate with the youngest team in football that he could do work with, and that's what he has here. So we wondered why, yes, money's a big factor, why the Panthers situation for him, why did he want this job outside of money? Well, he got what he wanted, a blank slate, room to operate, long contract with the youngest team in football, and that's what somebody's trying to say there is it, he can do what he wants to do here. It's all he moved everything out of the way. It's all Matt Rule's vision right now with the help of Marty Herney, with David Tepper's money. It, but it's a blank canvas for Matt Rule to do what he does. And that's build. And he's going to build this thing. Definitely. And and Pre- I'm, I'm going to be honest. Preps came up with a good point yesterday. Excuse me. Preps came well, up with a good point. Really? Stop sounding so surprised. Preps, Hold, on. Baby. Hold on. I got you a can't. sound effect for this thing. Where is it? Preps. Good. Good point here. <laughs> we have breaking news. Preppy has made a good point on the God, radio. You guys and are Mac, so rude. And even more breaking, Mac is giving him credit for said point. Preppy, Preppy <laughs> said yesterday, Bone. Preppy said yesterday Thailand. that you you know Matt Rule clearly is being given with a seven year contract is being given a personnel input that Ron Rivera probably didn't have. Like I think Ron and Marty, I think they were working together. It feels like, like you look at Matt Rule's picks round two through seven, it feels 
those are Matt Rule type picks, heavy on the athletic Nailed testing it. numbers. So I do think Matt Rule, yeah, he he's 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 gonna have his hands and, and finger what not hands on everything. His <laughs> fingerprints on everything is how I want well, that, to that goes your hands on everything in twenty twenty. It goes, sounds dirty. That goes to all together though. You got the fingerprints and the hands. I saw where yeah, I like to have your to have your fingerprints on something, you had to have your hands yeah. on something. Yeah. All right. Last thing I want everybody to hear is also real good stuff. Steve Smith on the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey about DJ Moore. You know he had some choice stuff to say about the wide receivers last year. This is about DJ Moore. DJ Moore in his first three years has done an exceptional in first two years has done an exceptional job, but you and I know he can do better because we've seen the talent and also too what's the standard Julio Jones, uh, Michael Thomas those guys are here, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin those are the standards that he's chasing. Now people can say that I'm hating. I'm gonna tell you this and I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Even some of these folks on YouTube. I'm not jealous of DJ Moore. I'm 41 years old. I played in this league for a long time. What I do expect out of him, of our conversations man-to-man is, he has so much talent. I don't want to see him check in a game and check out of a game. All right, so that is I, DJ I Moore. Smitty, Smitty, get on YouTube. Smitty, some of you dudes on YouTube out there got a problem with you. Look out, YouTubers, look out. Boney, it's interesting, okay? Let's – and, and – we got to talk about the the whole everything we know about the relationship between the two, because clearly he was critical last year, and I think I stuck stuck up for DJ Moore. I said Curtis Samuel deserves that criticism. I don't know why you're lumping all the wide receivers in. In my opinion, DJ Moore goes out there and plays hard and is fearless. But Steve Smith, remember on draft night, said they finally replaced me. They got this kid. This kid's amazing. So clearly, it's it's something where Smitty feels like this kid can be one of the best receivers in the game. I think he also I, feels like he's motivating him. I think you know, whether he admits it or not, he's I, trying to motivate. Him. I think he's trying to get that number one receiver attitude out of DJ Moore. He's more yeah. of a quiet guy for being number one receiver. He's not a look at me guy. I think Smitty's saying you've got the talent. Get get a little bit more, a little bit more yappy. Show people how great you are, not just with your play, but sort of have that number one person out. They had a they had a funny little exchange on an NFL Network interview the other day where DJ Moore told uh, asked Smitty, "Can you put put me back on your fantasy team this year?" Because <laughs> that that was another thing. Smitty was benching him last year. Next up, we got to get back to the college football craziness. Do UNC, Notre Dame, Clemson schools with students off campus, but football players on campus deserve the heat they're getting. 